is the Four Diego's Football Bosses. Joining us on the Four Diego's, it's a former Socceroos captain, Olympian, FFA Hall of Famer and paid up member of the Golden Generation. Please, a big Four Diego's welcome to Paul Ocon, new coach of Central Coast Mariners. G'day Paul and welcome to the Diego's. Hi guys. Yes, Paul, it's Rodrigo Rodriguez. We've got Carlos Alberto Diego, Vinny Venezuela and uh, Warren Diego. Now you've had about a week in the job at Central Coast Mariners. Any predictions for where you're going to finish on the table next year? Um, well, we've just signed Leo Messi. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we want to win it. <laughs> Paul, uh, Vinny Venezuela here. Out of curiosity, did you open with grid sprints or did you just do yeah, a light jog? <laughs> no, just a light jog. A light jog to start off. We'll sprint later. <laughs> now, Paul, it's Carlos. Uh, a little bit of a serious one. Uh, well, it's not really serious because your friends thought you were mad taking on this job. What uh, attracted you to the Central Coast Mariners job? Um, well, look, I, I, I want to coach uh, in the A-League and uh, you know, the, opposite, the opportunity presented itself and um, you know, I didn't really need much convincing. Uh, you know, the Mariners have probably the last you know, couple of seasons have been you know, maybe a little bit disappointing uh, given... You know, their, their success that they've had, uh, you know, prior to that. So um, it is a successful club. And for whatever reason, it, it, it hasn't been like that. Um, you know, that's hopefully something that uh, that I can fix. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I want to test myself as a coach. I want to see, uh, uh, you know, how far I can go and, and, and make a career of it. And, and, you know, hopefully this is uh, the first step. Now, Paul... We've chased you around the world for probably over 15 years now, and uh, we saw you as a really thoughtful footballer, very, very intelligent, uh, not only technically gifted, but you really knew uh, about the tactics and, and especially leadership and leading your team and being almost a coach on the field. Has it been part of your desire, uh, even when you were playing, that one day you would be a coach at the highest level? Yeah, I, I, I definitely knew early on that that's you know, probably where I wanted to head uh, after I finished playing. Um, and, and that's exactly what I did. And then, you know, I started getting my coaching badges and, and, and you know, started coaching at a junior level and sort of worked my, my way up to, to the point where I sort of said to myself, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that next, uh, that next challenge. And uh, I never set myself an actual uh, time frame when it was to happen. Um, now, a lot of people don't know that in 2013 I was offered a, a head coaching position in the A-League, but at that time I didn't feel like I was uh, I was quite ready that I was uh, that I was yet, uh, that I was there yet, and I, I was still learning learning what I wanted uh, uh, as a coach. And uh, you know, I think I'm 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 close to it now. And uh, and again, the uh, the opportunity to uh, to coach the Mariners was 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 an opportunity I wasn't going to uh, to let slip. Now, Paul, in terms of coming into the position, I'm not sure whether there's an ideal way to come into a coaching job, but we know Central Coast Coast decided to change teams after a loss in the FFA Cup. I wonder, how do you f see those circumstances? I mean, you've come in for a week. Have you, no have you really noticed that the players are open and embracing a new change, I suppose? Um, I'd like to think so. And then and a, week is, is, a week is not long, um, and certainly... Uh, you know, coming in, uh, given what 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 sort of happened uh, in the, you know in the past few weeks is is not really ideal. But uh, you know, I found a group of players that uh, you know are really hungry, um, a group of players that are motivated, and uh, and you now I I see everyone is buying into the 
the culture and the standards and expectations that uh, you know that we set. Um, you know, last Tuesday when I took my first training session, and and the challenge is not only uh, you know for the players, it's also for myself and the staff to uh, um, you know to make sure that we week in week out uh, you know we meet those standards. And if we can do that, I'm you know quite uh, quite confident that. Uh, yeah, we're not going to win the league. I don't think so, and I'm not sure that uh, there's too many people out there that uh, that are expecting that. But we're certainly going to be a better team, uh, and we're going to play exciting football, and hopefully, um, you know, get that support back again uh, at Central Coast Stadium, and 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 make it a difficult place for uh, for visiting A-League teams to come. You talk about exciting football. I think uh, Tony Wormsley was sort of criticised for basically having this attack mindset, you know. And Central Coast last year scored goals, but they copped lots and lots of goals. So will you be looking for a, a better balance, I suppose, between attack and defence as much as you want to play an attacking brand of football? Exactly. I, you know, I, if you're an exciting team, I think you're an exciting team with the ball and without the ball. So, um, you know, it's a cliche that clean sheets uh, wins your games and, you know, wins your titles. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's an area that, uh, that I do value and, and, and it's something that we're already uh, working on at the moment uh, and, it's, and it will be part of our uh, our playing style. So um, you're right. You need to find that balance. Um, you know, we, we certainly need to be uh, dangerous in attack, but at the same time, we need to make sure that uh, you know defensively we're sound and everyone uh, knows their individual roles. Now, Paul, Vinny Venezuela, in the job interview, given that uh, you know it's all about the brand of football. Uh, that one plays, and given that you did play in Italy, did you did you woo them with things like diamond formation, <laughs> false nine, you know, prong cat, prong? Cat a, yeah, catanacho system. Catanacho. <laughs> did you say prong arama? Did that come in? Um, I was actually there was a, a little bit of discussion about that, and and, and obviously, uh, you know, what was my uh, vision and philosophy on the game and. Uh, so we, you know, we certainly spoke about uh, you know formations and systems. And at the end of the day, I think there's no right or wrong in football. Um, you know, it's not what system you play. It's does everyone understand it, and is everyone uh, executing uh, you know what's uh, what's being asked of them? And I think that's the secret uh, in coaching. Now, Paul, you're from an Italian and also German descent. You've been coached by some some of the world's greats. I mean, Terry Venables, Sven Goran Eriksson, uh, even Dino Zoff, I think, signed you when you were in Belgium to take you over to Lazio in the first place. What are you going to be, what are you influenced by in your coaching? Is it the Italian sort of way of doing things or do you have a bit of the clinical German in you also? I have, I've, I've got both. I have that clinical German where everything has to be perfect. Um, uh, you know, everything has to be structured and, and, and a real, you know, high discipline. And then I have that Italian in me where, if I lose, I get really angry. <laughs> um, or if someone makes a mistake, I, I get upset. Um, but look, I, I think, uh, you know, you need to find a balance and, and hopefully uh, that's something that I've learned, uh, you know, in the past four and a half years working in national teams in environments where um, it's really tough and challenging and uh, and hopefully that's something that, uh, you know, I'll take through uh, uh, you know, into this season. And Paul, given your sort of background, are you tempted to swap those tomato sauce bottles with some of your mum's salsas and some big tributes to what your people have produced in the past? Actually, my son said to me the other day, am I going to get $10 every time a ball hits the, the, the <laughs> bottles? And, yeah. 
So we're working on shooting practice every day. So <laughs> I, um, I'm not donating money to my son. <laughs> <laughs> now, Paul, you said you've cut your teeth in the uh, in the youth system, and I wonder after going in, after having that sort of camp mentality where players come in for periods of time, you can work with them. I wonder if one of the real attractions to you know, coaching the Mariners is that week-to-week involvement with players because it does seem like a very hard road to hoe in terms of getting our youth teams together and getting them successful enough. You must be relishing the opportunity to work with players week in, week out. Uh, yeah, 100%. You, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was, yeah, that was something that I was I was really looking forward to and I'm, and I'm enjoying every day of it. Uh, um, you know, any coach will tell you that they never have enough time working with their players. And, uh, you know, whilst that experience of working in national teams is great, um, you know, having the best players in the country coming together um, and forming a team uh, is and, and was a great experience. But it's it's really difficult. It's really difficult when you see boys for three days and then you don't see them for, for nine months. I, I, I didn't have a young soccer camp for nine months uh, this year, so... I had that opportunity to be working every day, and certainly the playing style that uh, that I want uh, to execute. You know, you need to be you need to be working on that every day. Here on the Four Diego's, we're speaking with the new coach of the Central Coast Mariners, Paul Ocon. Now, um, whilst we're talking about the national setup, Paul, um, you've been on Media Street obviously since the appointment. You'll be on Media Street forever now because um, the coaches are unfortunately. But you, you talked about um, how Ange Postecoglou, you want to be like Ange. Um, in terms of, you know, the way, yeah, obviously, one, the success that he's had, but also the way he goes about it. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your relationship with the national coach and, and what, you know, what sort of, um, what he's brought to you that um, you, you didn't otherwise have? Yeah, well, look, I was lucky. Um, the first uh, All-Star game um, that was played in Sydney against Man United, Ange was actually uh, the coach and, 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 and I assisted him, so... You know, I knew him personally, uh, and we'd had discussions before, but actually working with him uh, in, in, a, in a coaching environment, um, I was lucky to have that experience and saw then and understood why he is so successful. And, and, and then once he became uh, the Socceroos coach, uh, he introduced a system where every national team must replicate the Socceroos. So not only you know, the, the playing style, but also the protocols and the procedure and the structure off the field. So um, it's it's given me, I think, um, you know, that lead up into real football, that real football world and managing. Um, and, you know, hopefully that will that will help me into my next journey as a, as, a, as Mariners coach. And, uh, yeah, look, he's... I believe he could he could be coaching one of the top sides in the world. I honestly believe that, um, and 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 I hope that he does get that opportunity because he is uh, for me. Uh, and you mentioned before some of the names of coaches that I've played under. Uh, he is definitely up there with uh, with some of those uh, big coaches. Now, that's really exciting, Paul, because we like to think that one day an Australian coach can be one of the best in the world, and and you know we're a little bit. You know, the, the Diego's think we're A-list in media and, and knowledge of football around the world. But you, when you say something like it, when you've actually done it, that's really exciting for us. Does it also help you knowing that you've gone through the journey he has uh, with the young Socceroos and the junior programs and also not 
necessarily had fantastic results in Asia with the uh, advent of some of the teams in Asia and the way they're developing their teams and also the fact that you don't have your players for a long time. He was almost chased out of the job uh, many years ago, if you remember, and his, his career was almost over. For him to resurrect that and do what he's done, does that give you a lot more confidence too, given that you've gone through the same thing he's gone through? Um, probably it does, but look, no, no two, two experiences or two situations are the same. You know, Ange's, Ange has his, his unique way of coaching and hopefully, you know, I can get to the level where where, where, where I have that myself. Um, uh, for me, in that role of being young soccer coach, the, 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 the most important thing was to develop players and, and, and hopefully push players up into the Oliroos and, and Socceroos. And one thing I'm proud of is that in my four-year uh, cycle as young Socceroo coach, 11 players have moved up to the Socceroos. So um, I think in that, I've, I've learned so much on the difference between the two levels and how to prepare players to actually get to that next level. Paul, what, what's the state of the game like with, say, the juniors coming through? I'm really fascinated uh, with the advent of the FFA curriculum. Uh, you know, national curriculum was introduced um, almost five, six years ago now. Uh, I keep on asking junior coaches what the standard of the kids technically are coming through right now. You're in the best position, really. You're, you're really getting that generation of kids who have gone through the early stages of small-sided games and the emphasis on, you know, 4-3-3 and, and the technical side of things, you know, problem-solving on the pitch. Are we developing those players that we we hope to develop and are they world-class talents, individually at least? Yeah, look, that's a good question. Um, I think uh, the way society is today, uh, uh, we, need to, we need to really encourage our kids uh, not only to, 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 you know, to be in, in, in football programs, but also in their own free time to have a ball at their feet. Uh, and if I think back to, to when I was a young kid growing up, there were no accredited coaches, there was no curriculum, the facilities weren't great, uh, there was all this open land in the west of Sydney and all these kids would, in their own spare time, would be with a ball and, and playing football and learning, learning the game themselves. Whereas today, uh, when you see an eight, nine, ten-year-old kid uh, I'll bet you a million dollars he's got an iPad or an iPhone or, or a PlayStation in his hand. And I think that's something that's really affected us uh, since, you know, since technology's really, really sort of taken over the world. And, uh, and unfortunately, um, we've seen a drop in talented players, in, in, you know, real talented players that can go on to that next level. And if you look at the statistics of, you know, players, Australian players play, playing in the top leagues compared to, say, 10 years ago, I'd see you will see a significant drop. And, 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 and you know, I think if we are to get back to that, um, you know, kids need, need to, to, to have that love of, of having a ball at their feet, you know, all day long. Paul, just quickly on that issue, what was the X factor for you? Were you that kid who was always playing with a ball or you just naturally gifted when you got on the park and, and, and your love sprung from there? Um, no, I look. I, you know, I used to go, you know, go to sleep with a ball. Um, Did you really? You know, I never, I never had a bicycle. I never had a, you know, a TV game. I, you know, I, it was, you know, my father was a player, and I used to, um, you know, go watch him play, and then, you know, I just, um, I went to start playing at Marconi, and I used to go every night and watch the Marconi first team train, and then try and do what I, what I saw those players do, and. 
and I had my heroes on TV, and I would watch this, this, you know, the SBS at 11 o'clock at night, the replay of, on ABC of English football, and it was, you know, that's that was really the only distraction I had in my life, and it was it was it was you know a great distraction. It was it was it ultimately you know gave me the life um, that I went on to live playing playing professionally. So yeah, I have four young boys under the age of 11. I have two two sons that play football, and. I have a rule that when my kids come home from school, if they don't want to have a ball at their feet, well, then they can't touch TV, they can't touch an iPad, they can't touch nothing. They need to go outside and play. Mm. I think we don't encourage our kids enough to do that. And, I, and, and, and as a parent, yeah, I think you know, people are too, are too happy to, to give their, their, their child PlayStation or an iPad because it means that they're not going to disturb them. Whereas we want, if if you're really serious about your child becoming a talented footballer, it's give them a ball and tell them go play. Mm. So if he breaks the uh, back, you know the <laughs> the door break from downtown, you're happy with that, aren't you? Break it, break it, fixable, fixable. As long as, as long as he gets onto it nicely, that's right. See, Paul, what stymied my brilliant career was the fact that I broke a couple of tomato plants in the backyard, and Dad just <laughs> refused to let me play. <laughs> So I didn't have the ball at my feet because he wouldn't let me play. Yes. You could you could have kicked the tomatoes then. Yeah. <laughs> True. Paul, I'm interested to know your your thought. I'm your thoughts. I'm I'm a Nova Castrian myself, and I think one of the great strengths of the A League is the potential strength of the two regional teams. That's Newcastle and Central Coast. And unfortunately, those teams have been towards the bottom of the ladder in recent years, and and maybe the fan base hasn't um hasn't stuck with the teams. I think you. I think you'd agree that trying to get the fans back to watching a product on the Central Coast and even in Newcastle is so important in terms of building the A-League and, and, and really growing the game, in, particularly in those regional areas that are so strong in football. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you know, we, we, want, we want as many uh, derby games as possible. And you know, they're two foundation clubs. They have two, you know, both of them have you know, good support, two wonderful sets of, of supporters. And you know, both have had have had you know some difficult years. So hopefully, um, you know, the Ledman Group coming in as will you know invest some money into the club, and uh, and we can get back to that you know that real contest between the Mariners and and the Jets. Now, Paul, you got five weeks before the season. It was really I really uh, love the way you've come out in the media and said, look, five weeks is as long as a pre-season in Europe, so that's not a problem for you. I remember Stan Lazaridis once telling me that under Harry Redknapp, his five weeks was basically three running sessions a day, and they didn't see a ball for five weeks, and they worried the ball worried uh, about the ball once the season starts. What's your philosophy when it comes to this? It's only a short period of time. Are you going to worry about fitness so much, uh, or just get him straight into some tactics and gameplay? Um, no, we've 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 actually combined uh, combined both. Um, you know, you need you need to be fit uh, in the modern football game, and, and and the style of football we want to play is is quite dynamic, and 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 uh, and, uh, and you need to be fit. So, you know, we have uh, different training techniques where, um, you know, we have the ball in our exercises, and 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 you know, we raise the level of intensity for most of the training session to replicate that style in in the game. So. Um, yeah, again, five weeks doesn't sound doesn't sound long, but uh, yeah, 
as I have said, you know, in the environment where I've coming from, you know, when you when you have players only for three days, five weeks is uh, is a long time, and, and it certainly won't be an excuse come round one when we uh, when we travel to Perth. Now, Paul, you have worked with some great gaffers, uh, amongst which is uh, Sven Goran Eriksson. I want to know, you know, are there any particular tips that uh, you you get from your, your your experiences with those guys? And was Sven as uh, you know smooth around the girls in admin as they say? <laughs> Um, he was, <laughs> he was, uh, nah, he was, he was a ladies man and, uh, but he was a very good football coach, a very good person and, uh, you know, someone who, who had great success and, 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 and someone that I learned a lot of. On and off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> now, Paul, one last one before we let you go, mate. Um, now, there was an article written by Sebastian Hassett this week, uh, I must have been the last 24 hours, about on the World Game, talking about that the future of Central Coast Mariners is on your shoulders. Like, if you don't get success, this club could shut down because of TV rights down the track and so forth. What's your reaction to that? Do you embrace that sort of pressure or do you think that that's overstated, that sort of pressure for that club? Um, look, yeah, look, Sebastian's a very good journalist and then... And and someone that I respect highly, and then, and and of course he, he will have his reasons uh, for writing it. Uh, uh, as if you ask any coach, they ha- they have a responsibility uh, to their club, to their supporters, and uh, and yeah, there's always going to be pressure. Um, yeah, hopefully this TV deal uh, that uh, that gets signed off uh, either this year or, or next year will uh, will relieve a little bit of financial burden on on the clubs. Um, and the game can can continue to grow in, in in the direction that it needs that it needs to, and and we as as uh, you know as you know, players and, and coaches, we you know, our responsibility is to make sure that this we have a product, a good product, and uh, and and we get the support, and people keep turning up uh, every week, uh, you know, to watch uh, A League football. Hey, before we let you go, have you got a war chest? Have you got uh, any money to buy um, <laughs> Messi? Like you said, no, but anyone that. Uh, Anyone that you can tell the Diego's uh, you're after? Well, it was between Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi. <laughs> but Cristiano Ronaldo's got a better body than me. So <laughs> I've, gone for, I've gone for Messi. Yeah, he's, done, he's uh, got the blonde locks at the moment, hasn't he, Lionel? <laughs> now, now, Paul, sorry, I know we were going to let you go a couple of minutes ago, but uh, are you going to play a sweeper system? I mean, you were one of the world's best sweepers in your day. Uh, are you encouraged to bring the sweeper system back? Um, I've, I've been asked that question a couple of times now, and uh, these days now it's the goalkeeper who plays the sweeper system. So, you know, hopefully he's not going to be too far up and get robbed. <laughs> um, there are precedents. There are precedents. No, no, he won't, we won't be playing with the sweeper. Hey, Paul, thank you very much. We really appreciate your time, and uh, the Diegos have uh, followed your career right from the start, and uh, we're really thrilled that you're uh, on the national uh, landscape now as the uh, new coach of Central Coast Mariners. All the best to you. It's really important that the Central Coast Mariners do well in the A-League and you're the man for the job. So thanks for joining the Diego. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you a lot. This is the Four Diego's Football Bosses.